This is the Gambling Gauchos. I'm telling y'all right now, the country's gonna find out. Everything runs through Lubbock. Everything runs through Lubbock. Somebody turn on some damn music! You're listening to the Gambling Gauchos. Talking Texas Tech, betting on the Big 12 and beyond. We've got everything you need, money lines, memes, and matadors. Well, you want to quit, Ethan? That'll be that day. Now, here's Kyle Jacobson and Rob Bro. The Money Line Matadors, the Casino Cowboys, the Parlay Picadors. You see, in this world, there's two kinds of people, my friend. Those with loaded guns and those who dig. You dig. With the Gambling Gauchos. Oh, and one more thing. It's all West Texas. It always has been. Welcome into the Gambling Gauchos podcast. He's Rob Bro. I'm Kyle Jacobson. You weren't expecting that. No, I was taking a deep breath to say my spiel. Yeah, I just I kind of scooped you there. Yeah. I, just, I just wanted to do that one time, see how it felt. I don't normally say Gambling Gauchos podcast. It's just the Gambling Gauchos. Oh, okay. Right. People know. Oh, oh. I'll work on it. They've tuned into the podcast. Come yeah, on. yeah. They should know it's a podcast. Sorry, you're a rookie, man. It's all right. Hey, we're coming to you live from the Cardinals Sports Center studio, as always. If you need to gear up ahead of game day, want to grab some gear for Friday night lights, or just kind of some, you know, exercise, running shoes, anything like that. Our friends over at Cardinals Sports Center here in Lubbock, also in Plano, you can shop online. Hey, local, family owned for decades. And there's no better place to shop for Texas Tech here, Rob. I need some new shoes. Because you've been running through my mind all day, or or what? <laughs> I don't know if we needed that on the <laughs> podcast, but uh, no, I've just been uh, you know working out and stuff. Uh, I almost tripped today on the getting off the elliptical. It's really embarrassing because uh, some of the little rubber on the bottom of the yeah. tennis shoes coming off, and it like caught on the elliptical. That's always a sign that you need new shoes. I do that yeah. even like in my loafers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I start dragging on the carpet. I'm like, okay, I need new shoes. Hey, and if you want a shot to win a $20 gift card to Cardinals to shop on their online store, join our weekly Big 12 Pick'em on Twitter. We sent out the link. Um, if you need us to send it to you directly, just holler at us, but it, it's on our Twitter feed. If you win the Big 12 Pick'em any week, you get a $20 gift card courtesy of Cardinals Sports Center. Um, Rob, 11 a.m. kickoff, our first 11 a.m. of the season, right? Yes. You, you know what that means? That we can eat barbecue while we watch the game. Yes. It's the only slot where you get to eat lunch while the game is on. I don't know where Rahino Barbecue's mobile truck is. Okay, a few points on that. If you're listening okay. to this before Thursday, Thursday, uh, September 29th, they are in Olton, and they're having a burger night. It's oh, a brisket burger. It's so good. From five to sell out. So if you're in Olton... Go get a burger on Thursday night. Tell them the Gaucho sent you. They'll give you a smile. Not a discount, probably, but a smile. A high five, I think. A high five, yeah, for certain. Um, 
Aaron will spread the gospel of barbecue for sure. But brisket burger, and I did notice that earlier. Yeah. F- follow them on social, Twitter and Instagram, at BBQ. Find out where the mobile food truck is, or you just go out to the OG location in Olton. I hope I can get some Rahino before the game, because I would love to uh, chow down on some of that while hopefully watching a Red Raiders victory. And we had a great interview with John Kurtz. Before we do that, can I can I play one thing, or do you want to do this in the mailbag? We can do it in the mailbag. Yeah. Uh, Let's get to John because I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want these people to wait on John Kurtz at all. No, he he was he was electric. A great insight into the Kansas State program. He made some picks with us, so we'll get to that, and then we'll do the Discord mailbag and anything else before we wrap up. Are right, we going to bring in John Kurtz, YouTube sensation, Big Twelve expert, conference realignment guru, moderate voice of the Kansas State Wildcats. And the host of Three Maws, Kyle, uh, updates his Twitter account over there. John, how you doing tonight? <laughs> I'm doing great, guys. Happy to be here. Happy to to make my triumphant return to uh, to the Game on Gauchos podcast. Yeah, you're now a two time guest. We don't have very many of those, by the way. Really? Okay, so I'm in I'm in elite company then, is what yeah, you're saying. You, BJ Simmons. Oh, okay. Um, Joe Joe Cook from the. Oh, we only had three. him once. No, we had him for a basketball spaces. We don't have to oh, hash this out spaces, right now. Yeah. But yeah, so we we actually appreciate you, John, as as a very early adopter of the Gauchos, because we probably reached out to you about, I don't know, two months after like starting the Twitter account and probably had single digit listeners, and you were like, Yeah, I'll come on y'all's podcast when it's Tech versus K-State week. And we're like, sweet. You know, we landed John Kurtz. And then like, of course, we've grown in everything since then, but Thinking back, I was like, man, he didn't really have to do that when we had 350 right. Twitter followers. Um, so anyway, <laughs> it's, it's good to catch back up with you again. Hey, absolutely, man. No, you guys, let me just, I, I don't know if I'll get the opportunity later on. So I got to say, watching your growth in the last year has been crazy. It's been awesome. Uh, you guys do an incredible job with the the social media. I mean, I, I will be honest, I'm not listening to the, the podcast every single week, but I, man, what you guys do on social media is, is incredible. So it's been really cool to watch you guys grow. Man, thrilled that I could be a part of it on the uh, on the ground floor. You guys deserve all the all the praise that you get. We're just following your lead there, John. Well, as I said, you know, we could put together our own Big 12 marketing department, and I mean, nothing against the new hires this week from the Detroit Pistons front office or whatever. But I mean, I feel like, I feel like between the three of us, we could do a pretty damn good job. I mean, Hey, we, we were basically doing it for free until they made those hires. Cause apparently those were the first <laughs> marketing guys that they've ever hired in the conference's quarter century history. That was when you, when you said that, I was like, man, I had never thought of that, but like, I, it made me want to go back. I'm like, I need to go look up, have other conferences had that and the big 12 has just been doing nothing for, I mean, I could go on and on about the problems in that department for the Big 12 over the years, but I'm just glad that we're on a much different path and Brett Yormark understands the importance of it right now. So, yeah, pretty wild. So I did look that up. The Big 10 has like a 12-person department. Oh, jeez. Jesus, really? Yes, the SEC pretty robust. The Pac-12 has one lady. (laughs) And then the Big 12 just now hire people. How do they not – like I know you had Texas and OU carrying everybody, but like a light bulb never went off like, should we market ourselves to the the college football audience? (laughs) Nah. Let's let's have one true champion and then have a tie before you have two champions. And then just talk about a mysterious 13th data point. 
<laughs> who who came up with was that like a consulting firm that did one true champion like where if they didn't have a marketing department where did that even come from i don't Bob, i don't know oh my god my BB, god boys anyway uh we, we have brighter days ahead and uh um, <laughs> yes you know, at least, you know, hey, it was, I think, a very um, cathartic win for both programs last week. Y'all go into Norman, beat OU again. I think that's three times in the Chris Kleiman era, twice in Norman. And Texas Tech beats Texas for the first time in five years, first time in Lubbock in 14 years. And so a great kind of adios to those two programs as they're on their way out the door. And now we get to meet up with each other in Manhattan. Um, John, we've kind of seen... Bits and pieces of some K-State games. I know we tuned into the Missouri game in between the weather delays, and I think we got to catch the end of the K-State OU game after Tech played last weekend. I unfortunately saw the two-lane loss. I was kept on waiting for y'all to break through in the fourth quarter, and of course the offense had its struggles. But kind of just bring us up to speed high level on the season to this point. It, it seems to my eye a little bit Jekyll and Hyde for both teams, but give us kind of the, the state of the program through the first four games. Yeah, it's uh, well. First of all, uh, God forbid that you had to watch that Tulane game, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was gross football. But um, yeah, it's been up and down, but just in a weird way, right? Because I mean, the the narrative going into the season was this will be the year, or certainly the fan expectation was that this would be the year that Chris Kleiman took a step above the eight and five mark because his two non-COVID seasons, he's finished eight and five. Um, the COVID year, there was a lot of stuff. That's a whole other pod about what went wrong there. But I cut him a bit of a of slack and give him a bit of a pass for that year. So he's really he's been at eight and five, but everybody wants more. This year, the roster they had five preseason All Big Twelve players, which is more than anybody else in the conference. They've got some real high level talent. I mean, Felix and DK Uzama was mocked by one of the CBS Sports guys to go fifth overall uh, earlier this week. And then, of course, Deuce Vaughn is an All-American on offense. Like they, They've got some real high-level players, but the question was always quarterback and what's going to happen at quarterback. And Adrian Martinez, uh, their talking point on him throughout the offseason was like, look, man, this guy played with a terrible offensive line, probably the worst Power 5 offensive line in football last year at Nebraska. He had a broken jaw, torn labrum, um, and just was not – he was coached by Scott Frost, right, not in a conducive system to success – so bring him to K-State. He's got a really good offensive line. He's got an All-American running back. He's got a coach in Chris Kleiman who has sent his last three starting quarterbacks now to the NFL. Now that Skylar Thompson made the, the Dolphins roster. So all of that seemed to be trending in the right direction. What you know about him at Nebraska is that he had over 10,000 yards of total offense but 46 turnovers. So you think, all right, this guy is going to be making plays all over the place for both teams. And instead what you saw was through the first three weeks of the season – which obviously was a loss, but then two lopsided wins over Missouri and South Dakota. Even in those wins, I, he was just timid, uh, did not want to throw the ball down the field at all, was going through, you know, you could see him turn right, turn left, turn back right, going through all these different reads, not doing anything with the ball, just was not decisive in any way. And after the first two wins, I mean, I was beating the drum pretty loudly. Like, I don't feel good about this offense and, and what is happening here. And sure enough, against Tulane, uh, the warts were completely exposed, and they scored 10 points, didn't score in the second half, um, and it was just that amplified and looked much worse. And so you thought, man, this is done. Like the excitement for the season, it felt like was done uh, it, because the excitement was all about being more than a 7-5 and five kind of team, and it felt like, I mean, they'll probably figure it out to some extent, but it's going to be another 7-5 and five season. 
And then obviously that completely changed and, and turned on its head with not only winning in Norman, but winning the way that they did because it was Adrian Martinez with this epic performance where he has five touchdowns, best game of his career. He's doing it running and throwing. Even, I mean, just his legs, his bursts, it looked worlds better than it did early on in the season. Um, And I think they've really figured out they're going to have to run him more than he wanted to at the beginning of the year because he came in and he'd have quotes in the offseason where he said, I I want to throw the ball more. I don't want to have to rely on my legs so much. Well, I'm sorry, Adrian, but you had 21 carries against Oklahoma and looked pretty damn good running the ball, (laughs) four touchdowns. So it's probably going to happen quite a bit. Uh, the rest of the year. But that gives you so much more hope for this team. If, if they can get anywhere near that from Adrian Martinez at quarterback, it, it dramatically changes what this team is because the defense has been really good. They were a little more bend but don't break against Oklahoma. I would attribute some of that just to Oklahoma having a, a much better offense, but they were pretty dominant three weeks before that. And uh, I, think, I think that unit's going to be really good and will be a top three unit in the Big 12 this year. It's just going to be is this the did was a switch flipped for Adrian Martinez or was that just a one-off, unbelievable performance that came out of nowhere? And I think that's going to really tell the tale of K State's season. It, from an outside from an outsider's perspective, is the Texas Tech defense worrisome at all? Um, because I know historically it hasn't been, but this kind of feels like a little bit of a matchup problem for Kansas State in a way that Texas Tech has a pretty good run defense so far this year. And that is what Kansas State has to do to have success in anything else. Yeah, b- very true. And, uh, you know, I I say Deuce Vaughn gets his against pretty much anybody. The one time he did not was Tulane, but he's rushed for 100 yards in nine of the last 10 games. One time he didn't was Tulane, and he missed almost an entire quarter with cramps and just was not himself the entire game. So not to make excuses, the offensive line was not very good that day either which didn't help, but he generally is going to get his against about any defense. And then the quarterback run game becomes a huge factor there. And I think that's where K-State's going to have to utilize that to run the ball successfully against Texas Tech uh, throughout a lot of the game. But have have I personally taken notice of the Texas Tech defense? Absolutely. I, I think the game, the game that turned me on really to the Tech defense and how much progress has been made there was the one lost this year. But I mean, NC State's got a great offense, a great quarterback, and you go on the road there and give up. It was, what, 20 points because seven of it was a pick six? Yeah, so, that's right. Uh, I mean, that's a hell of a performance. And and I think of just where Tech has been in the last five to ten years, and, I mean, that just seems worlds better. So that, that was where I was like, okay, th- this is different. Like, there is clearly – uh, a toughness, a tenacity, just an attitude that's worn off on this defense that was not there the last the last couple of years, the last couple of coaches. Um, you know, however long you want to push that back for Texas Tech, you guys would know better than I. So uh, I'm well aware of that. I mean, I know about the Rooters uh, reputation as well. You know, I mean, I think a lot of people look at that as a pretty good hire um, when, when he took over that defense. So, yeah, I, are, are there concerns? Absolutely. I think Texas Tech's defense is a hell of a lot better than Tulane's defense and uh, because I don't know if you guys noticed, Tulane lost to uh, Southern Miss on Saturday. Um, I think they're a lot better than that and certainly capable of, of shutting K-State down if, if they're not bringing it. So, yeah, I, I am definitely definitely do have some concern about it. Follow-up, do you remember the last game going back to last season that Deuce Vaughn did not rush for 100 yards? Well, I don't, but you're asking it in a way that makes me think it was the Tech game. Was it the Tech game? It was the Texas Tech game, though he did, I think, score three touchdowns maybe. Uh, receiving and rushing two touchdowns, rushing with 52 yards, uh, one receiving touchdown. Wow. Then you go back to 2020 
when he murdered Texas Tech in their sleep with uh, the slant route at the very end, yep. the biggest play of the game. But he had 113 yards rushing and 81 yards receiving that game uh, with a touchdown apiece. Um, Deuce Vaughn is really good, right? That's easy to say. Is he is he a guy that can just go and have 30 carries, though, and, and carry an offense from game to game? Well, so I realize I just said he, he had the one game with cramps, which, you know, maybe makes this point a little less salient, but he's generally been unbelievably durable. So here's the thing with Deuce, and I think it's really easy to do this, to look at his size because, I mean, I don't, they probably list him at like 5'9". I don't know if he's even really that tall. Um, he is a small guy, but he is sturdy as hell. I mean, if you watch the Oklahoma game, like he is – not only is he juking, everybody knows he's got the moves out in space, and that is not a place that you want to be out in space with Deuce Vaughn. I mean, he was making Oklahoma defenders look silly, but he'll slam it up against in, in the tackles, man. I mean, he is at every bit of an all-purpose back, feature back. Uh, they've got a pretty good backup running back in DJ Giddens, uh, who is physically much more imposing, but they, they hardly use him because Deuce is that dude. Um, he, he will absolutely go run people over in the hole. So, yeah, yes, I think pretty emphatically yes. He may... 30 carries. I'd have to go back and look through his game logs if he's ever come close to really touching that. But 30 touches, you know, if they were going to run him 24 times and throw him the ball six times, like, yeah, I think he is. I think he is very capable of that. And and he's even – he's an incredible pass blocker. Watch Deuce Vaughn, like, some of the longer throws that K-State's had this year, going back in the Oklahoma game, like, he, he will smack you in the backfield. He just – he is perfect. He is perfect. And I – K-State fans, I think it's very easy to take him for granted, but he is an unbelievable pass blocker. He is great as a receiver. He can run between the tackles. He's at his absolute best out in space. And then he is just a gem of a person. I mean, just says all the right things, huge, big-time leader, uh, guy that wants no interest in the transfer portal, doesn't really – he's got some NIL deals, but that is clearly not driving him. I mean, he's just – you could not have asked for more. So I, I would absolutely stick up for him and say, like, yeah, man, you you can you can run him twenty plus times, and whether it's outside, in between the tackles, and he is he's generally going to get the job done for you. He is that special of a of a talent and that special of a player. After the Missouri game, Rob started a campaign on Twitter to move Deuce Vaughn to fullback because there was a a sweet play where he was the lead blocker. And, you know, he just gets around the end and mauls some guy, which. You said he's listed at 5'9". If, if he's 5'9", I'm 6'6", um, and, and I'm actually about six foot. So uh, to, to see a guy that size, I mean, I, I'm sure the Sproles comparison is way overdone just because undersized running backs. But, I mean, so like pound for pound, just so incredible at what he does. I hope he gets a shot at the next level. I hope his size doesn't keep him from that because I think he could be a great gadget player in the NFL. Um, and another guy on your roster I think might be – not as well known to the more casual observer is King Felix, my favorite player on K-State's roster because he probably in a roundabout way gave us coach Joey McGuire with uh, (laughs) the safety in the end zone last year Uh, was a huge factor in losing that game. And had Texas tech not lost that game, I think we'd probably still have Matt Wells. I think Um, he also drew the hands to the face call. Probably so. Yeah. Um, so anyway, all that to say, I, I was looking, you know, at, obviously a ton of hype around him. You said he's been mocked as a top five, top ten draft pick in some places. I was looking at some box scores, and it doesn't really look like he's 
making a huge presence there. Is has he underwhelmed, or is it just kind of the case that he's eating a double team every time and opening things up for his teammates? Yeah, it's it's more that like he's he's still making making some noise, even if it's not showing up necessarily with a bunch of of sacks on the year. Um, I was I believe he got a ball batted. Uh, maybe that wasn't against Oklahoma. He yes, he's eating a lot of double teams. K State's defensive line in general is kind of the strength of the team, so they do have a lot of depth there. But one guy who's been hurt, and it'll be interesting to see how healthy he is on Saturday, is Nate Matlack, who is the other guy that has a really high ceiling. Um, he only played three snaps against Oklahoma. Uh, they they kind of tried to put him out there, and he just wasn't really ready to go. So I think that probably hurt him too. Um, that he hasn't had a, a, a full bore Nate Matlack going there. But um, my, my perception is he's still been pretty good this year. I'd be interested to know like what PFF has graded him. There was one of the games this year, he was the, or at least in their top five graphic. And I want to say he was the highest graded uh, pass rusher. So PFF certainly at least one of those weeks was still pretty high on him. Um, I wish I had a better, like more definite, more substantive answer probably to give you on that. But my perception is he's still doing his thing. And uh, he's just, he looks so much bigger and thicker than he has been too. He's hes one of these guys that like he came in as just a beanpole, did not look like a defensive end at all and was an afterthought. He was going to just go to school at Missouri, I believe it was, and not even play football until K-State came in at the last minute. Um, and brought him in, and he's just grown like crazy since he came here. So he's he's a beast, man. Uh, he is, and I I think he's definitely going to be a problem. He commands a lot of extra attention, um, even if the the sacks haven't totally been there for him so far this year. I think Donovan has uh, twelve sacks this year, so you'll probably <laughs> have an opportunity to maybe get a couple <laughs> this weekend. Uh, Kyle alluded to it. The game last year, you, you came on with us. We were talking about it, and we kind of made some jokes of loser gets fired because I know Kansas State fans have wiped 2020 from their memory now, uh, but at the beginning of last year, it was still very prevalent, and Kleiman was asking media to be nicer to his team, and it just seemed like things were shaky, and that is not the case today. What over the last year besides winning has kind of – improve that morale in Manhattan? Yeah, well, first of all, it's a great point that you make because at the time, that was, I mean, not only was that game, that, that one play that Felix and Yudike Uzama made, I mean, drastically changed the course of Texas Tech because I 100% agree with you on your thought there that it's it's why Matt Wells, I mean, obviously it's why Matt Wells is there. A guy got fired right after the game, but um, it also drastically changed the tenor of K-State season, the course of where that was going, got people kind of back on board and took some of the heat off of Chris Kleiman. It also spurred on in the offseason. So a lot of things have changed. One, in the offseason, he got rid of Courtney Messingham, who was the old offensive coordinator, who was his childhood buddy. Uh, they had been friends since they were kids. It was a really tough thing, I know, for Kleiman to do. But they basically wanted to be more dynamic in recruiting. Uh, receiver is still not very strong. They have not been able to recruit receivers very well. The type of offense they play is a factor there. But they also, I just, Colin Klein is a better recruiter. He's a name that kids know. Um, much more dynamic in that capacity. And so they did that basically for recruiting purposes. And then after that, what's happened, K-State's recruiting has gotten a lot better. And they're really breaking through. Uh, they 2020, there was a great in-state class in the state of Kansas, and K-State basically struck out on everybody, and there was a lot of frustration about that. Uh, now, 2022, uh, or, or rather 2023, 
great in-state class in the state of Kansas and Kleiman and company have almost, I would say probably like hit a triple close to a home run. They had Dylan Edwards. Now he's a Notre Dame commit. They, they, you know, tough to argue with losing out to Notre Dame there, but they had him committed. He's the number one player in the state. Number two, not far behind is Avery Johnson, who I think is going to be an elite quarterback. If you look at some of the throws he's making right now in high school, it's very Mahomes-esque. Um, and he's going to come in and play quarterback next year. And that was all because of Colin Klein. Um, they have like, uh, what are we at now? Six or seven of the top 10 in the state of Kansas, uh, in a particularly good year. So they're, they're recruiting at a higher level. That's also bolstered everybody's spirits here because he's still, he's been, you know, he can get to that eight win level. He inherited a roster without a scholarship running back. I mean, the roster was in worse shape than I think people would believe that Bill Snyder left behind and he still found a way to win eight games. So there's, there's a renewed sense here of like, all right, Hey, they finally have these inroads recruiting wise. They're getting better talent in here. This is going to be good. And now they go get Adrian Martinez. They have this roster full of guys that they've developed and everybody is kind of back on board. Like, okay, this is the year we take a step forward. Then we're going to get Avery Johnson in here. And so like, these are the pieces that have kind of fallen into place over the last calendar year that I think have, have fans a lot more optimistic. I still think there's a, Climate is not like overly beloved. I think he's just liked right now. I would say is liked. I, it's not like a, it's not the Iowa State Matt Campbell kind of relationship, you know, where I think they're they're just totally in love with him. Um, but definitely things are trending in the right direction, and people people like where things are headed under Climate right now. And he can't even win eight games, huh? Seven and five day. <laughs> July fifth. <5th. laughs> uh, man, listen, I, I have. I, let Let me just say this: K State plays in Ames next weekend. Jesus Christ, I need a win. Good God, dude, I, I need a win next week. I, I got to tell you, as a as a third party observer of Farmageddon Twitter, the uh, the Matt Campbell discourse between K State fans and Iowa State fans, oh, beautiful, is a sight to behold. I mean, every time I see that that's a topic on Twitter, <laughs> I grab the popcorn and and just watch y'all go at it. <laughs> Boy, they sure liked my uh, – I don't even remember what the hell I tweeted. Something – so the Oklahoma game, you know, we beat Oklahoma, and I'm just on one. Like, you know, we, we beat Oklahoma. Yeah. We won in, in Norman. So I'm firing off tweets left and right, and there was – somebody had tweeted me about something Iowa State related, and so I threw in the one little shot there like, hey, Matt Campbell, you know, Campbell got his whole ju- – the juice started for Campbell with the win at Oklahoma. And I was like, man, I mean, Clement's done that now three times, and he gets – a 100th the national attention that that matt campbell does i digress they didn't like it i got like 100 iowa state replies and i'm just like good lord these people they're they're just sitting there waiting for it every single time from me so yeah ne- next week next week will be uh, uh i would say get get a couple tubs of popcorn for next week that sounds good <laughs> is this a classic sandwich game for for texas tech here are we are we getting a good spot is this a good schedule spot after Oklahoma, before Iowa State, nobody's looking at little old Texas Tech. Eight-point favorites, John. I think Texas Tech has done too much this year for that to be the case, unfortunately, would be my my take on it. Plus, K-State has already experienced uh, a really heightened version of that with Tulane, where that was coming off of Mizzou, which was a, that was a big game, not only for the fan base, which wanted that win really bad, but the coaching staff, because Eli Drinkwitz has gone up against them on the recruiting trail. K-State had Josh Manning committed for like less than a day, and then Drinkwitz got him, he's a four-star receiver, got him flipped back over and then mocked Avery Johnson, K-State's high school quarterback commit with the way that he announced it on Twitter. It was a whole thing. There was a lot of bad blood there. So everybody wanted that game real bad. Obviously, Oklahoma was a huge game. And then you had Tulane in the middle there. And I think K-State definitely did not really show up. 
So my hope is with a really veteran team, they've, they've already kind of gone through that, been there, done that. Um, but I can understand how you would look at it and say that that is the case. I would also submit to you that I think as much as K-State is coming off of a high, and I'd be interested in your guys' take on this, as much as K-State is coming off of a high, I mean, it's great to win at Oklahoma. K-State has done that, and it was a, a season-defining, changing win. But, man, to beat Texas at home for the first time since 2008 – uh, I don't know. I would argue that it's a higher high for Tech because I think the, the the rivalry, the inroads there with that rivalry mean more than what K-State and Oklahoma does. But I'd be curious for your guys' take on that. That was a discourse that we had on our podcast earlier this week, and I think our consensus was like slight lean there. Texas Tech would probably have a little bit more to come down from. Yeah, this was actually a topic on the podcast we just got off of before talking to you. Um, Coach McGuire is saying all the right things. You know, he said we're going to celebrate for 24 hours. Doesn't mean anything to beat Texas besides the fact that we're one and zero in Big 12 play. And I think that there was a. I think they did a good job. Obviously, hitting the reset button after the NC State loss, which was disappointing. Not in that you were expected to win it, but just that you didn't perform very well. Um, and they were able to scrub that, come back and and play a lot better against Texas, win that game. And so I've seen a little bit of proof, even though it's a small sample size, that they are able to hit that reset button week to week. And I know it's coach speak. You know, we just we want to go one and zero this week. Every coach says that, but I've seen a little bit of evidence of that so far this year. And so I certainly hope that they're not somehow overlooking a Big Twelve road game against a team that just won in Norman, and you know, instead riding some five or six day high of of beating Texas. So. I certainly hope we don't see evidence of that, and I would be a little bit surprised and disappointed if we do. I also think in a in a game where both teams are coming off a big game, and I know players don't always look at lines and who's favored, but an eight-point line is pretty striking, and you can put that on the bulletin board like, hey, nobody thinks you're going to win. So yeah. ho- hopefully that's a point of contention. And it, it, looking at schedule spots, I mean, Texas and Oklahoma State also pretty big maybe not rivals in the traditional sense with Oklahoma state, but I think that's your future rival. If you're Texas tech and not that Kansas state's not a, a big game, but I, it's almost too cordial. It's like a friendly, it's like we're going to play a friendly. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it, is. It, it very much is. It very much is a, a cordial. And I, I think, I think you make, I think you bring up really, really valid points there. I, the eight-point line really surprised me. I, I was thinking more like five or six. I mean, that feels more appropriate to me. I, when I saw eight, I didn't really love that, to be honest, because of kind of what you're saying. So I think that's a, that's, a, that's a very, very valid point. Well, on that topic, do you want to make a handful of prop bets with us and then pick some spreads and totals around the Big 12? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, let's do it. Cool. Well, we'll start with some completely made up out of thin air prop bets so assume even odds on both sides of this and maybe i'm a good handicapper maybe these are ridiculous but maybe they'll be good hypotheticals to entertain so we'll start with more total yards donovan smith or adrian martinez i think i think playing the odds i would go ah boy i mean my 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 gut was that my initial reaction was to say donovan smith i would say donovan smith Rob, just because, not. I mean, Adrian, three three of the four games this year, Adrian Martinez has not – he has had a very paltry offensive – you know, like less than 200 yards offensive output. So I think when I say playing the odds, that's I would go Smith on that. Rob, you agree? Yeah, I don't know that Donovan's just like a lock to throw for 300 yards. 
but in his young career, what Adrian Martinez has 40 starts. And I'm looking at the game log. He's done it three times. <laughs> and Donovan's done it at least that many times already. Yeah, so. I mean, I think just the volume kind of necessitates yeah. that. A- Adrian Martinez, I think, clearly the better runner. Donovan can make plays with his feet, but he's more of like a get six yards to pick up the first down than break a highlight real run like Adrian Martinez. I also think if Tech is losing this game, like the odds makers think, they might be playing from behind and throwing even more. So I'll trail you all and say Donovan Smith. Um, more rushing yards, Deuce Vaughn or Sir Roderick Thompson plus Taj Brooks combined, since they're kind of splitting the Ooh. load for Tech. Okay, that's a good one. Um, as we talked about, Tech has a pretty good rush defense. Oh boy, I- I'm still gonna I'm still gonna lean Deuce. Um, I think Tulane was a blip on the radar screen, um, and the the cramps and all that definitely played a factor there. He's just he's so damn dependable in case they run so much of the offense through him. Though the one caveat I would say is you, you guys mentioned the success he's had catching the ball out of the backfield against Tech the last two years. That might be the one thing that changes it, you know, if if suddenly in the game plan it flips much more to using him in the passing game. But <clears throat> what we've seen so far this year is that teams have really been able to take him out of the passing game, scheme him out there. They're going to make the other receivers beat you, which is very smart because K-State's receiving core is, is not that great. Um, but you can't you can't stop them from getting the ball. And even if you have him dead to rights, I mean, look at Oklahoma over and over again. Looks like he should go down for a yard or two game, and he just jukes some dude, and there's 15. So um, long way to say uh, no disrespect at all because I think Tech's running backs are, are fairly talented. But I, I'm going to go do spawn on that. Ditto. Yeah, all trail again. We not not a whole lot of disagreement yet. I I just think Tech has struggled to run the ball consistently yeah. to this point, and and really kind of the same deal. You've had a couple good plays in the past game, but if we're going strictly rushing yards, I I would trust Deuce Vaughn more than Texas Tech's rushing attack. Um, John is is Malik Knowles? Is that the name of y'all's top wideout? Yep. Okay. Yep. So th- this one's receiving yards, more receiving yards. Miles Price for Texas Tech or Malik Knowles from Kansas State. Oh boy. Yeah. I'm going to go miles price on that. Um, I, I love Malik. He's always been, um, potential guy, like the guy that's really tantalized because of his potential. And he, he is an elite return man, all American three kickoff return touchdowns in his career. Sh- you know, probably should have taken one back to the house in Oklahoma last week. Instead he got it just past midfield and, and somebody slipped and missed a block that would have sprung it for a touchdown. Um, but that's always been the problem. He's elite when he has the ball in his hands. Getting the ball in his hands has been an issue. Uh, he, he's not really a consistent receiver. In fact, I just saw um, K-State Online, one of their prop bets this week, they were talking about, will this, it would be the first time in his career to have a receiving touchdown in back-to-back games if it were to happen. And they were debating whether or not that would actually happen. So I just, I love Malik, but I don't have enough trust in him. He played one of his better games as a receiver, uh, honestly. Uh, last week, but I, I don't have enough trust in him that he's going to have some monster day. I was trying to go off the board. I was going to say Philip Brooks or uh, Cade Warner, just kind of as a joke to be different. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know that the the Kansas State um, core is dynamic enough. I probably would lean Texas Tech over Kansas State, but I don't know that it's going to be Miles Price either. Well, uh, you don't get to change the prop. I know, bit. I know. I know Miles I know. Price from Malik Knowles. <laughs> I'll take my. I'll take Miles Price. I'm going to go Malik Knowles because I think Texas Tech spreads the ball around too much for me to be confident in that. And Malik Knowles, even for maybe his lack of consistency, will still be heavily targeted 
enough to win that prop bet, I think. Uh, I think the turnover battle, like in almost any game, is going to be especially huge in this one. K-State just doesn't turn the ball over. And if Texas Tech is going to have a shot at this game, they can't lose a turnover battle by two or three. So I've got this prop bet. K-State nets one and a half turnovers over or under. I think that's a pretty good number there because, yeah, I would expect them to win that. K-State's got a pretty good defense, a pretty opportunistic defense. Um, Obviously, Tech has had problems with sacks and and turning the ball over some. And Adrian Martinez, that is the craziest thing about Adrian Martinez's season. 46 turnovers in his career in Nebraska. He has not turned it over yet this year through four games. I will say – I will I will give K State maybe this is a homer pick I'll I'll say over I'll say over and, and it would be a two turnover difference okay Rob a net one and a half yeah net one uh, and a half. no under yeah under okay I think so Rob is a big proponent of the do theory yeah you just guaranteed an Adrian Martinez interception yeah by the, the way. he's he's due for like a three <laughs> interception two fumble type game. And so even though yeah. Texas Tech has been inconsistent in that respect, I think last week was hopefully a sign of them simplifying the offense for Donovan, um, simplifying some of his reads. Hopefully we can limit the turnovers to maybe one on Texas Tech's side of the ball. Maybe they can survive two if they can turn K-State over once, but I think it'll be tighter than that. I think K-State still might win the turnover battle, but I'll say they limit it to one. Um, let's see here. Okay, more tackles for loss. And this is tackles for loss or sacks, I guess, just a tackle in the backfield. Felix or Tyree Wilson? Ooh, now that is a good one. Um, am I allowed to go push? Oh, uh, sure. Yeah, you can go push. I'm, I'm kind of feeling. I'm kind of feeling push on that. A lot of respect for both guys. Again, Felix draws so much attention. I think this year it'll be hard for him to put up the same numbers that he's been putting up. And it's like, if I knew Nate Matlack was going to be fully healthy and trusted that, um, maybe I would be more inclined to lean, to lean uh, King Felix there. But I feel like it would, it would be about even, you know, one or two of those plays from each. Yeah, I'll go Tyree Wilson. Dog. <laughs> Dog. Um, man, I don't know on this one. I think... It's certainly a better matchup to bet against maybe fade Caleb Rogers. Yeah. Well, what side of the line does Felix line up on? See, uh, see the left or the right, or does he move around? He he's moved around some, but actually, I believe most of the time he's right. He's going right over the right tackle. Oh, okay. okay. Well, yeah, then I'll right go over the right ta- right tackle. Yes, yes, right well, tackle. I think I'll just, I'll go emotional hedge and say Felix because if he's if he's a disruptor, that's going to be a huge wrench in what the offense is trying to do. If they can keep him at bay, even if it requires a double team every time, I think it gives you a chance. So I'll go Felix. And and Tyree Wilson, as disruptive as he's been, he's been very close and he's he's altered the play, but hasn't necessarily recorded the sack or the tackle for loss on some of those plays. So I'll go with Felix. Um, let's move now to some spreads and totals around the Big 12. I just have one, one prop. Okay. Special teams touchdown, yes or no? Either team. Special teams, you. It is special teams, you. And like I said, they so they've already had Philip Brooks took a punt back against Missouri. They blocked a punt for a touchdown against South Dakota. They Malik Knowles had a fifty-plus yard kickoff return that was one slip away from being a touchdown last week. 
I'm going to go yes. I'm going to go yes. I'm going to call a Kansas State punt return touchdown. You've been susceptible. I'm going to say I hope not. No, because I know I know the prop was for either team, but if it happens, it's not going to be Texas Tech. No. Well, so, Miles Price uh, had one good return. Yeah. I'll, but I'll, you've not been good I'm gonna at that. I'm going to say no and, and hope – Hope to God that I'm right. That's one thing I'm so jealous of of Kansas State is just good special teams. Oh. It's been so bad here. I remember one year, I can't remember what, maybe 2018 or something, 2019, I don't know. But I was looking at K-State, I was like, these guys don't sustain drives. Like, they either hit a big play or block a punt, pick six. That's the only way they can score. I was like, you cannot do that. Texas Tech's first drive, the three and out, blocked punt. K-State recovers it inside the 10. That's what I was like, this is... Like, the only thing you have to do to beat this team is not get a punt blocked or not throw a pick six, and we couldn't do it. Yeah. So, anyway. Um, well, I, I will I will say this. If it, if it comes down to a kick, the, the weakness for K-State right now, special teams-wise, is a kicker. Chris Tennant's got a huge leg, and they love him and think he has all this potential, but he has missed, whew, like, three field goals and a couple extra points okay. so far this year. Um, was better against Oklahoma. <laughs> I, don't, kind of the I don't know, man. I mean, kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> he he had one of the uh, was it the Mizzou game? He had missed an extra point already, and I think they felt like he was guiding the ball to. But there was something he's like worse from short distance, and so they it's like they thought he was guiding it, so they told him to just kick the hell out of the ball. And then he had one of the worst misses I've seen on an extra point ever. Just blasted into a dude's helmet, basically. So uh, yeah, just just watch out, watch out for that. If it comes down to that, I I will not feel very confident in. Uh, and what's going on at kicker for K-State. Okay, so Ben, don't break and make them kick field goals. You can let them in the yes, field goal definitely make, yes. all day. Okay. Yes, yes. All right, let's look at some odds around the Big 12, and we'll pick the Texas Tech-K-State game last, as is tradition. Oklahoma coming off the loss to Kansas State last weekend. They go to Fort Worth to play TCU. Opened as only four-point favorites. That surprised me, and that line has moved. They're now sitting at six-and-a-half-point favorites over the Frogs. Total is 68-and-a-half. Do you have a good feel for either of those? I don't have a great feel for what TCU is. I, I'm still, I mean, I've been on Oklahoma's like a nine and three <laughs> sort of team since the off season. Uh, had plenty of battles with Oklahoma Twitter about that, which I feel a lot better about now. Um, I don't TCU. I was not impressed with at all, but I, I will say Max Duggan is playing. I mean, a lot of my reservation there was like Chandler Morris is out. I don't think Max Duggan is, is it, but he's been playing pretty well. Um, I'm just going to go with my gut there and say, still, I, I don't, I don't trust TCU enough to, to really win that game. I'll take Oklahoma. I would think Oklahoma by ten to fourteen. Okay. Um, and what what'd you say the number was over um, under? Sixty eight and a half. Sixty eight and a half, boy. Uh, they're probably well. Yeah, I mean Oklahoma just gave up forty one to K State. I'll, I'll lean. I'll, I don't. I don't love that, but I'll lean. I'll lean over on that one. I think that's a good bounce back spot for Oklahoma. Worst thing that happened to TCU was Kansas State winning. Oklahoma didn't lose two in a row. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, I don't have a good sense on the total. I locked in on Sunday when it opened. I locked in OU minus four because I thought that was ridiculous. Same. I feel vindicated by the line movement, so I'm on I'm on the Sooners as well. Um, th- this one might be hard for you to pick as a K-State fan. Iowa State goes to Lawrence – to play the 4-0 and Jayhawks. It feels like we're living um, in the twilight zone a little bit. Yeah, it's 2008 again. Yeah. 2007. And the Jayhawks, despite winning and covering in every game so far, 
And despite this surely being another home sellout, three-point dogs to the Cyclones. You're not uh, that guy, pal. Trust me. You're not that guy. <laughs> Wrong, bud. That's how you feel about <laughs> Kansas. Um, that is how I feel about Kansas. What do you think about that spot? I thought it was interesting that they're home underdogs, but what do you think about Matt Campbell and Iowa State going to Lawrence to play a resurgent Jayhawk squad? Well, I think I need Matt Campbell and uh, Iowa State to shut Kansas the hell up for right now, and then in case they can take care of that next week in Ames. Um, yeah, they're getting real chirpy around here. Um I think Iowa State is still the better team. I think Iowa State will win the game. Um, so I'm going to go, you know, by I'll, seven to ten. I, I can't. I keep waiting for the defense to really catch up to Kansas at some point. I know Iowa State is not some dynamic offense coming in there, but uh, the, to be honest with you, I mean, I don't think Duke is good at all. And last week I was pretty surprised Kansas didn't win that by two or three scores. Um I'm going to say the magic runs out and it'll it'll be Iowa State here. I think Kansas has a pretty good chance to go 6 and 0 and then finish 0 and 6. Uh but I certainly don't think they're a lock this week. I have all four weeks bet the Kansas opponent and the over. I'll stick with it. So I'll go uh, Iowa State minus 3 over 58 and a half. I'm with you. Um I think the shine might start to wear off a little bit. And it's a fun story to talk about. Is J- it Jalen Daniels, Heisman front runner, Kansas? But uh, surely it's going to come back down to earth at some point. And I think Iowa State might be the ones to help do that. So I'm, I'm going to trail y'all and pick Iowa State minus three. I mean, they they keep every time I watch a Kansas game. I watched quite a bit of Kansas this year. It's like fifth string running back breaking free, seventeen broken tackles. <laughs> it's like come on, like you're playing Duke and. An awful Houston team that left it all on the field in Lubbock and forgot to show up for Kansas. Well, I've told you about that they beat West Virginia by 13 on the road, but it was an overtime game. Yeah, so the 13 is six at the a end, little yeah. bit misleading, but a little bit. Yeah, a lot of bit. Uh, this is probably the Big 12 game of the week. Number nine Oklahoma State goes to Waco to play number 16 Baylor. Uh, it looks like at the open, Oklahoma State was actually favored by one and a half, two, depending on where you saw it. Line has flipped. Baylor is now favored at home. I'm showing minus two for the Bears. Uh, total 56.5. Do you have a, a play on either one of those, John? I actually, the more I think about it, and I, I've been a Baylor guy throughout much of the offseason, at least in terms of who I thought would win the league, I've been pretty steadfast in saying uh, I'm, I'm going to give that to Baylor. Um, and it's not like Oklahoma State. I mean, talk about teams we don't really know much about. I mean, Oklahoma State's – I guess if you want to call it that signature win so far this year is Arizona state. Who's now lost to Eastern Michigan, got rid of Herm, and apparently <laughs> coaches were leaking info about the team. So like, I, I don't know what to think about them exactly, but I am starting to buy in on Spencer Sanders, really reining things in and becoming a, a much better quarterback. And I just, Baylor, Baylor looked pretty good last week against Iowa state, but I don't, Shapin has been disappointing to me. I think has left something to be desired. I'm wondering about his upside, but I thought he had quite a bit of it. Um, I'm 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 going pokes here, and I think especially if I'm getting a couple of points, uh, I, I I feel pretty good about Oklahoma State right there. I don't the total. I don't know that I I feel great one way or the other, but I would I would go Oklahoma State. I love the home dog spot for Baylor, uh, but as a favorite, I'm not going to even touch them. I would probably lay Oklahoma State money line here. Uh, but I am going to clip you saying I'm a Baylor guy and put that on Twitter. So 
Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, somebody already this week clipped. Uh, yeah, I gave a thumbs up at one yeah. point on the YouTube stream. So yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, I'm I'm getting killed this week on the clips. So just <laughs> just pile on. Yeah, I, I I'm with you, John. I, I I was very high on Blake Shapin coming into the season, and actually. Uh, on one of our bold predictions episodes before the season started, said that he would finish as first team All Big Twelve because the quarterback play in this conference seemed very wide open. There was nobody that just seemed head and shoulders. Everybody just kind of defaulted to Spencer Sanders because he's been there. I- I'm still hopeful that that will come to fruition, and I wish I would have locked this one in earlier when Baylor was um, actually getting a point or two. But I'll, I'll stick with them and I'll lay the two points and choose Baylor in this one. And I also don't have a good feel for the total. Probably lean under, especially with the way these two teams played each other in the Big 12 championship. I think they've both got good defenses and offenses that aren't going to try to go up-tempo and play a shootout. So I'm probably leaning under on 56.5, but I don't know if I'm going to make that pick or not. Next game is an interesting one. West Virginia coming off a rivalry win against Virginia Tech. Neil Brown, in one sense, feels like he's coaching for his job. In another, his buyout is so gigantic, we don't really know. Texas... Very disappointing loss in overtime in Lubbock. They come back to Austin as nine-and-a-half-point favorites over the Mountaineers. The total is 62. What do you think about that matchup? Okay, so I, I meant to check this earlier today, and I, I haven't yet. Do we do we have a Quinn Ewers update this week? I think this, the belief is that he will play, but I don't think that's been confirmed. Okay. And that, that may change things a little bit. Um, God, I mean, I just – I don't trust – I don't trust Neil Brown. I don't trust Sark and Texas in, in this kind of a spot to regroup after. I mean, it feels like this could be the real undoing of Texas's season. I don't know. I don't think, I don't think Texas will lose the game, but it does feel like that's a lot of cushion for a somewhat resurgent West Virginia team right now that I do think at least has better quarterback play than what they've been in the last few years. Um, I'll, I'll take, I'll take West Virginia. Uh, I'll, I'll give me the, give the nine and a half points there on that side what would you say was the the total 62 62 uh i don't i don't feel great one way or the other on that but i'll i'll, I'll go west virginia rob um texas went on a pretty good losing streak last year after uh they beat tcu uh after the announcement that they were uh, going to the Big 12, they lost to Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Baylor, Iowa State, Kansas, and West Virginia. Then they beat Kansas State. Uh, somebody <laughs> on Twitter this – sorry, I didn't mean to rub that in your face there, John. Uh, so, <laughs> well, see, that that's the game that got us Colin Klein as offensive coordinator, true. so actually yeah. I'm okay with it. Okay. So somebody was on, on Twitter saying that they're just giving everybody a win before they – On hit, their way out. Yeah, on their way out. Yeah. Um, so they've already given it up to West Virginia. I think they'll not need to give it up this year. So I will take uh, Texas to win, and I'm going to go ahead and do it. Stone Cold Lock of the Week of the Century. I'm going to tease it all the way up and say Texas wins by 17. Wow. Ooh. Just hammers them. Bold prediction. Yeah. Um, I do think Texas will bounce back. Um, don't have a good feel on the total. But when this one opened at, I think, 11, I told you if it drops below 10, I would be on Texas. Sure enough, it has. Nine and a half. I like that number. I'll go with the horns. Last one, Texas Tech in Manhattan against Kansas State. This one opened, I think, at seven or seven and a half, depending on the book. 
It's now up to eight and a half. Total is 57 and a half. Uh, John, we'll let you go first. Rob and I already gave our predictions on a different podcast, but we'll recap those here. But I want to get your official pick on this spread and total. Kansas State minus eight and a half, total 57 and a half. Yeah, I, I feel actually, you know, having gone through all of these, gone through this this exercise, bang, 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 bang. I mean, I feel as strongly about this as I think I do uh, any of the games really this week. I, I would go, and I, I like the under um, for sure on that, and I, I like Tech to cover. I, I will take K-State to win. I think, what did I say? I did 24-20 uh, is kind of what I was feeling there for K-State. I think I'm, anything over a touchdown to me seems – way too high. I think it's going to be a knockdown drag out. I mean, the last two years, um, even under Matt Wells, I mean, they, they were really good, took that deuce bond play two years ago in 2020. And last year it took the safety in a crazy game to win by one for K-State at Lubbock. Like I, and this is obviously a much better, tougher, more battle tested Texas tech team. I, I don't think K-State's getting out of there without a fight. So I'll, I'll take the under and, and tech to cover. Texas Tech has not won in Manhattan since 2008. Are we due? It's, what is that, one in, uh, one in nine maybe? I think you are due, but I don't think it comes this year. I think maybe the year after or even next year. I don't know how the Big 12 schedule is going to shake out. Um, but 24, 21, 27, you've scored. You scored six in 2018, Matt Wells' first trip. To Manhattan, I don't remember that game at no, all. That, that was Cliff. Oh, that was 2018. That was that's a right. freezing cold game. Oh, and then we didn't take the heaters. Yeah. Okay, that's why I didn't remember it. Hey, let's not take heaters to Manhattan on the last game of the year. Brutal. <laughs> Stupid. Did you uh, did you have a pick, Rob? Yeah, sorry. Uh, all that to say, all that to say, I I like I like Vegas's total, and that would put it at uh, like 33-24 Kansas State. Uh, but I'll take a late Texas Tech touchdown to, to hit the over uh, and cover. So 33-31, Kansas State. At the open, I saw it right at 7. I was like, that I'm not touching that. Probably wouldn't have touched it at 6.5, 7.5. All the way at 8.5, I do like Texas Tech. I mean, I think that their, their identity as a team to this point and what Coach McGuire says is that they're going to be a competitive team. And for as good as Adrian Martinez looked against OU, I don't think Kansas State – wants to get in a type of a shootout game or just has a ton of offensive firepower where they're going to get up by 14, 17, and at least not give you the chance to score in garbage time for a backdoor cover. So at eight and a half, I like it. I do think it'll be kind of an ugly, low-scoring type game that'll be decided by about seven. I, I said 31-24 earlier. That would be under, and that might even be a little bit ambitious. It might be more like 27-23 or 27-21. So – I think I'm in agreement with you, John. I'll, I'll pick Texas Tech to cover and fairly confident in the under. Had this one stayed at seven, I probably would have stayed away from it because I do think a, about a touchdown sounds right. Yeah, no, I, I'm uh, listening to you <clears throat> analyze that. I think we're pretty much in lockstep there. I, I'm, I'm with you on that. I don't foresee I mean, K-State's defense. I trust enough to not let it really turn into a shootout. And right. K-State's offense, I do not trust enough to to make it push that way either. So I just, yeah, I feel I feel pretty good about the under there. Well, John, we appreciate you joining us again. Uh, it was a lot of fun catching up with you, and uh, thank you for making some picks with us. Tell our listeners where they can follow you and, and find your work out there. 
Yeah, absolutely. So YouTube for sure is, uh, is the, the best place to find me. I do a live show on Wednesday and Sunday, um, sprinkle in some other content there throughout the week also, but just my name, John, J O H N Kurtz, K U R T Z on YouTube, all big 12 centric content. Um, we've got a great community there of, of almost 15,000 people now, 15,000 subscribers now on the channel. So a uh, great place to get some big 12 content. If you're into uh, K-State specific, I do a podcast called three ma three M a W with a couple other guys, Cole Manbeck and Derek young. If, uh, if you're looking for K-State content, uh, and follow me on Twitter for sure. JL Kurtz, J-L-K-U-R-T-Z on Twitter. I'm on there way too often. Uh, so you'll, you'll get a lot. You'll get a lot from me there. Awesome. Well, thank you again for joining us. And for those who maybe weren't following the Gauchos over the summer, you were actually named the top Kansas State Twitter account to follow by the Gambling Gauchos. So we can definitely vouch for you there. Hey, there we go. There we go. I mean, I'm looking right now at the, uh, the award you guys gave me pinned up on my wall. So yeah. how could I forget? <laughs> Awesome. Well, thanks, John. Uh, have fun on Saturday watching the game. Absolutely. You too. Anytime, guys. Okay. See you later. That was John Kurtz. Uh, go watch, listen, read what he does. Always incredible. Uh, he was in radio for a long time. Great voice, John Kurtz. I think every Sunday night he does YouTube lives. Maybe the schedule changes up, but yeah. I enjoy, uh, I mute thir- or Sunday Night Football on NBC and listen to Kurtz's YouTube. Great combo. Do you think he uh, works out that jawline, or you think that was just God-given? Maybe. Talent, maybe. Hey, he's not working it out eating Rahino because it's so tender. If they had tougher briskets or something, maybe you'd get a good jaw workout, but you don't get that at Rahino Barbecue. Or we do have a Big 12 hotline uh, that you can call oh. or a text. Is it, is it better than John Wilner's Pac-12 hotline? It is way better than John Wilner's uh, Pac-12 hotline. I'm trying to... Uh, 806-553-6171. 806-553-6171. If you're ever like in the middle of a game and you need to get something off your chest, one of the Big 12 hotline regulars uh, called in a voicemail. Kyle, you've not heard this. This is early third quarter of the Texas game. Okay, early third quarter of the Texas game. Hi, boys. I'm just in a, a literal collapse case. Ocean. I'm not nearly drunk enough to have my heart ripped out the way I know it's going to be ripped out. And I just, I need, I need guidance. I need guidance. You're ever at a low point? <laughs> Just call the gauchos. <laughs> Just call the gauchos. Get it off your chest. 806-855-61. That's not the number. That's the that's the other number. We just said it. Yeah. Just, Rewind just, 15 yeah. seconds. Good grief. <laughs> Wait, do we have to do everything around here? <laughs> Doing all the heavy lifting. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you could also text in. There was another question on the text line, too. Uh, I'll read that one to you. Uh, I just, I had to play, I meant to play that on Sunday because obviously you have the big comeback, but he was just almost broken. Did you, did you recognize who that was? I know who that was. Yeah. Great guy. Loves his memes. Uh, Some call him a meme ambassador. Meme ambassador. Yeah. Uh, So this off the text line. So we have the discord mailbag and the text line. Uh, Now, if you text the text line, not a guarantee we answer it. That's just kind of a throw it in the ocean. If you want to be answered, Discord mailbag, how do you get in that? Patreon.com slash gambling gauchos. It's been really cool to see that community grow in the offseason. But now that football started, I feel like people are yearning for content. The Discord is growing every week. 
Got some really cool interviews on there with some great Red Raiders. So patreon.com slash gambling gauchos. It's only $5 a month. With inflation, that's basically like what $4 a month was only. a couple months ago. Yeah. Um, and a portion of proceeds go to the Matador Club. We're happy to support them. Big announcement from them. They're now um, paying softball players. Yeah, five figures. So really cool Surely. work they're doing. We're happy to be a very, very, very small part of it. But you can call yourself a, a donor. If Certainly you're, a part of it. If you're a parlay picador on Patreon. I don't think we need to emphasize how small of a part. I think we just say we're a part of it. Okay. Well, yeah. I don't want to over overstate things i think we overstate things all the time okay i will say this too not to be like that guy or like take it for granted or whatever where's the baseball one like what the title lines going on here their season doesn't start till like february there is some uh fall softball did you see that coming up Uh -uh. yeah they're gonna play a fall schedule all right what's the uh no it's awesome i love that the softball team's getting taken care of i just yeah one of these teams is going to Omaha. You uh, might want to. Can I actually say something to further derail this? Yeah. How come every time there's an announcement, some fans' first reaction is, well, why doesn't this other? I don't know. Because like they did it for football, and they're like, yeah. what about our other sports? Yeah, what about the women? Yeah, and, and then, then they give it to the women. And then, that's what I was doing there. I was making they, fun of that. Like, what about the men's golf team? Yeah. What about the club water polo? Like, okay, that sorry. Was, like, that are, was the joke. Are you yeah. donating millions? Like. I guess I don't. Yeah, former softball player, by the way, is the one that's uh, putting this forward. So I guess I just can she, only. She can decide. Can only gripe so much about how other people want to spend their zero, money. Just to clarify, zero complaints. I was joking. Zero complaints about. No, but other people are not no, joking. You're, yeah, absolutely. Like if they do announce it for baseball, they'll be like, "Well, why not tennis?" Yeah. And then if they announce for tennis, why not track and field? And it's right. just like a. Look, they were getting zero until a year ago. <laughs> yeah. Like, we're building up to something here. Like, yeah. let's give it a little bit of time and not be so critical of people that are making Maybe a huge a, impact. a year or two, yeah. In tons of people's lives. Okay, anyway. Well, I think and we're also making an impact. I don't, a a again, very, huge, very, very yeah. minuscule, tiny impact. Basically not even Through, through the parlay picadors. Yeah. Uh, all right, this off the text line. If we split the K-State and Oklahoma State game... Win, loss, or vice versa. Yeah, we know what split means. Sorry, guy. <laughs> uh, no, I wouldn't say that to a Discord picador. I just... That's another guy, benefit of joining. We, we, won't, we will not insult you if you're a parlay picador. Yeah, if we split, you know, win one, lose one. I know what split means, guy. Well, you could lose the first, win the second. Right. Or you could... Vice versa. Uh, is that enough for Dogovan to remain the starting quarterback going forward? What if he plays badly in the loss... And there's another question, but I'll, I'll let you answer that one first because we've alluded to it. We talked, I guess that was on another podcast that's not in this episode. But Okay, first off, the texter totally redeemed himself by saying dog event yes. instead of Donovan. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we actually had a question in the Discord mailbag on the same topic. Is there a quarterback controversy? Here's how I would say it. I, I think that is an ongoing horse race. I'm going to feel bad if it's the same guy. <laughs> After the NC State game? Yeah. I would have said... Okay, you grinded out a win against Houston, but it wasn't pretty. NC State wasn't pretty. If Shuck is back, he's the starter. After the Texas game, I say it's even. And Donovan now has the an opportunity to win the job over the next two weeks, assuming Shuck is not back until after the bye. So I think, like, if magically Shuck was healthy on Friday this week, I think it'd be a real toss-up. I think Saturday and then the game in Stillwater, Donovan has an opportunity to solidify himself as a starter or... If he has another three interception game, I think it will default back to Shuck. If you split these two games and you're two like and two, win one, lose one, yeah, or vice versa, uh huh. And you're and you're 
two and two against ranked opponents. Uh, because even if Oklahoma State loses to Baylor, they wouldn't drop from nine out of the polls losing to a ranked team. So Oklahoma State will be ranked. You'd beat, I think, 22, 22, 25. What was Houston? Houston was 24 when 20, you beat them. 24, 22, 25. Yeah, so you beat or 24, 16. lose to 16, yeah. beat 22 to this point. And you're playing 22 again this week. I, I mean, I think winning one and playing well in both probably wins Donovan the job. Um, if he has another NC State game, uh, quite frankly, if he has another Houston game and they win, but it's three turnovers and a pick six is one of them, and he's eaten a bunch of sacks, I think even if you win, Shuck probably at least has a, a short window to come in, a leash, or both quarterbacks are going to play, all three. Um, but I do think the opportunity is there to flat out win the job. I think the the state of play right now is that it, it would be a toss-up if Shuck were healthy. And that ob- that means that obviously it could go either way depending on Donovan's play. So I think he has every opportunity in front of him. It's yep. up to him to take advantage of that or not. Exactly. Donovan has the leg up because he's on the field. Shuck is he didn't he hasn't proved anything. Here's so let's assume that Shuck will be healthy for the game after the bye week. West Virginia at home. At that point, Shuck will have excuse me, Donovan will have nine starts against Power Five plus yeah. Houston under his belt. Yeah, he'll be more experienced. Shuck will have seven Power Five starts under his belt. He didn't finish some of those games due to injury or performance. So in that sense, even though Shuck is much older, Don will have the experience edge now, in terms of game action. And he's the current guy. So you have to not only say, do we want to go with the less experienced guy and screw with the chemistry? Or keep the younger guy who might be the future, who now has more starts under his belt. Are you giving Donovan Houston? Yeah, I'm. Uh, I think you got to get a shuck Houston. I did. So be eight. Okay, Texas. He played two drives. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm not counting Texas. I think he was. I think he played seven games. Six at Oregon, and then he he split time, but he wasn't the starter. That's when he got benched. Okay, in the bowl game against Iowa State. Before that, Pac-12 championship game, actually. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, last one is Kansas State, Texas Tech. The most wholesome. This says rivalry. I'm going to say matchup in the Big 12. It's It's got to be. Yeah, it's definitely most wholesome. I don't think it's the biggest anti-rivalry. I think that would be like West Virginia TCU in terms of schools that have no history. Yeah. No geography. One public, one private. No culture, fan base, no similarities there. I think West, West Virginia, Virginia versus TCU has like the least amount of juice. And somehow they've been chippy with people. With Tech K-State, there's at least like a okay a little history. Well, and very similar schools. Like they both have a vet right. program, both kind of ag schools. They're land grant, we're not. But I think the same type of I mean, they're person, way worse historically. Yeah. One of the all time worst, really. Yeah. Yeah. They were they almost shut down their football program in the eighties. Yeah. And then Bill Snyder had the greatest turnaround in the sports history. Quite a comeback. Was that off the Discord mailbag? No, that was uh the text line. Okay. Uh do you want me to get back in the Discord? Yeah. I feel like I kind of failed on it last time. Well, one of the questions overlapped, but the Discord mailbag is sponsored by our friends at Diversified Lenders. Diversifiedlenders.com. They're Red Raider owned and operated. They can help your business get the cash it needs to operate now through factoring, invoicing, all that good stuff. Learn more on their website, diversifiedlenders.com. Is Deuce the lamest nickname? 
No. A uh, quick getting to know the gauchos segment? I feel like you'd have to give a worse one. Are you about to? Well, no. Okay. Quick getting to know the gauchos segment. Sure. Is that allowed? I was number two my senior year of high school. And uh, my youth pastor oh, had a saying. He said, the deuce is loose. Like if I had a good mm. catch and run. The the radio guys called me the nifty nabber. And he was like, what is this? The 1950s? Like, you know, the nifty nabber. Because you're nabbing passes? I guess so. I kind of liked it. I thought it was funny. The nifty nabber. They they had really corny nicknames for everybody. Our quarterback was like the commander, which is like really over the top. I mean, it was... Where'd you go? Westlake? Westwood. Westlake. I wish I went to Westlake, man. I wouldn't have to do this podcast for a living if I went to Westlake. Oh, well, you'd be starting in the NFL probably. Yeah. Also, I tweeted this, but... You wouldn't be doing this podcast? Oh, because you were... I'd, I'd you'd be rich. Be a, yeah. I'd be a yeah. trust fund kid. Getting to know the Gauchos. And probably a Longhorn fan. When I was playing JV football, our coach punted on third down. Yeah, what was that? It was a weird – so there was like sacks, penalties, loss of down. Was it a quick punt with the quarterback? No, he didn't know what down it was, and we, he was pissed off. It was like third and 26 or whatever. Yeah. He's pissed off, and he's like, you know, just punt it. And we're like, you know, coach. And he goes, punt it. And he wouldn't listen to us. As soon as the ball snapped, he like puts his head in his hands, and he goes, it was third down, wasn't it? And we're like, yeah, it was third down. <laughs> It's like we weren't going to convert anyway, but I, I quote tweeted that article uh, from the Athletic about analytics driving Joey's fourth down decision making, and it was like oh, we've come a long way since 2009 when we were punting on third down, and now we won't even punt on fourth down. Given what we've seen from Tech's defense and what we've seen recently from Martinez, are you hoping Texas Tech focuses on taking away the pass and makes K State try to beat you on the ground? No, the opposite. Yeah. I, th- I think you play to your strength. You stop the run. Look, Deuce Vaughn, if Bijan is the best running back in the country, Deuce Vaughn is the second best running back in the country. And Adrian Martinez is a better runner at the quarterback position than you've seen this season. Clayton Toon could kind of make plays with his feet, but Adrian Martinez can break one for 40 or 50. I dare Adrian Martinez to beat you deep. I say stack the box. Look, I mean, to some extent, Deuce Vaughn is going to get his. It's like Bijan. You don't stop him, but you can keep him from single-handedly beating you. But yeah, I, I say play heavy in the box, keep muddy in the box, and force their quarterback and wide receivers to win some one-on-one battles, which I, I don't think is the game they want to be playing. So no, I, I say play your strength, stop the run, lean into your front seven, and uh, make Adrian Martinez beat you throwing the ball, because that is not the game he wants to play. Um, do you ever think that uh, UT will win a Super Bowl? Well, if every game they lose is a Super Bowl, isn't every game they win also a Super Bowl? They're one and eight in their last nine. So I mean, yeah, that means they're they're one and eight in Super Bowl. So I guess they won at least one Super Bowl. I mean, they're going back. I didn't mean to say that to John about. I didn't mean to prod it that uh, Kansas State was their only their only win out of like the last eight Big Twelve games, but that's a pretty wild stat it is and i i do i'm doubling down that i think texas beats west virginia but man that that is kind of makes you nervous not good yeah for sark not that i care baby sark uh is adrian martinez still garbage this was specifically at me um first of all i don't think i ever said actually i might have after the Tulane game (laughs) 
Um, but I've been very complimentary of Kansas State pretty consistently. Um, I might have been a little off the bandwagon before the Oklahoma game, and I did think that Oklahoma would cover that, what, 12? 13 and a half, I think. Um, I would say this. More times than not, he's been bad. Um, he's about 75% bad this year because <laughs> he didn't do anything in either of the wins, and he was the reason they lost. Kurtz alluded to it. He was terrified to make a play. Um, he looked pretty decisive against Oklahoma. Uh, if you can rattle his cage early, I don't I, It just is crazy. He's a funny player because if I showed you his highlights at Nebraska, yeah. you'd be like, God, this kid's good. And if I showed you his stats, you'd be like, wait, no, he threw 46 interceptions. Right. And so Dude, at, by the way. at K-State, until the OU game, it seemed like he had a much higher floor because he was not turning the ball over. When he was like 16 of 21 for 50 yards in the first game. Yeah, but a way lower ceiling because he wasn't doing anything. No. And, but then that changed. At least it may have been a one-off or he or something clicked for him against the uh, against the Sooners. So I don't know. I think it's a little bit Jekyll and Hyde, just like you've been on offense at times this year. Um, we should have done this as a prop over under fourth down attempts for Texas Tech. Four and a half? Over. And I had some other ones I didn't ask John. Over, under, one and a half snaps for Baron Morton. Under. Really? Yeah, it's not going to happen. Dude, that's so funny that Joey's like, oh, yeah, he's going to play. And S- Snaps at quarterback? Snaps. Okay. Cause, well, he's lined up a tight end twice. Right. Yeah. Quarter, quarterback uh, in the NC State game. So he's played two games at tight end and one game well, at quarterback. Allegedly, Don and I didn't get an answer on this, but uh, allegedly Donovan was a little banged up at the end of the game that nobody noticed. Donovan had a brace on his right knee, right, the entire game against Texas. Uh-huh. Didn't seem to be bothering because I mean they called a quarterback run on the first drive, yeah. to score on fourth and goal. So and I don't think they thought the he was limited. A lot I, of times, in, I just think in, it's hilarious that the Joey's like, "Oh, he's going to play," and, and I'm sitting there watching the Texas game. I'm like, "We're going to overtime. Baron's not playing," and they yeah. put him in at tight end on that third down. It's like, what are we doing, well, man? My, my whole thing in the pregame... You don't have to play him. No. My, my whole thing in the pregame show, because uh, that question was brought up, is he going to play or not? And one of our co-hosts was very upset with my answer. Uh, and all I said was, yeah, because uh, Joey's saying he's going to play. I want to I see him. It's not because I think Donovan's bad. Uh, I love Donovan. Dogovan. I, I said before last season started that Donovan was the best quarterback on the roster. People forget <laughs> at four golf and everyone laughed. Now, well, maybe not laughed, but um, I, I, I think the man. frustration with fans is why does he continue yes, to insist that they both it. play? They're not going to play only Donovan. Yeah. Like you don't have to play no. all your quarterbacks. And like, He's not playing if he's not playing quarterback. Yeah, no, him going in motion before a handoff is does not count to, to me. If if you're gonna like put him out at wide out and then like yeah, fake it to him to where he at least is like, like you have to pay after attention. the NC State game. I was like, okay, yeah, they're gonna script a drive for him. Like he's gonna play. Yes, not okay. He's gonna we're gonna line him up wide, put him in motion, and do nothing with him. It, and just for my own sick mind, I need to see if Baron Morton is good or not. <laughs> But I think that only if he comes in and scores like scores a touchdown drive, like doesn't that just 
hurt more than it helps. Yeah, I mean, you think that quarterback controversy is difficult with Donovan and Shuck. Well, let's have three. If you yeah. put Barron in for two drives and you get ten points and he looks good, and you're like, well, crap. You have to play him the rest of the time. Now, I want the best guy playing, and I don't necessarily think that Donovan is far and away the best quarterback right now like I thought before. I was just so down on uh, Columbia. Yeah. And and Shuck, for that matter, because I only watched his Oregon tape. You'll remember I said this last year. If Shuck gets hurt, I'm fine with Columbia finishing the game, but Donovan should start the next one if he has a yeah. full week, and yeah. they didn't adhere to that. And we were not very happy. Uh, is Texas back? No. There was one more that we didn't do last week that I felt bad about. Uh, didn't, there's more in there. I don't Did, see it now. Didn't we get asked if we like micheladas? Oh, I. Yeah, we. I mean, we answered that in the Discord. I wasn't gonna. Do you like micheladas? Do the gauchos like micheladas? I do not. I just don't want to be negative. <laughs> it's okay to not like micheladas. <laughs> oh, what if micheladas listening? Uh, that was a bad dad joke. <laughs> uh, I don't like tomato juice. I don't like tomato no. soup either. No, I don't do Bloody Marys. No. I don't do tomato soup. I don't no. do ketchup. Well, I do. I'm a big ketchup guy. I like salsa. Salsa's good. Yeah. What's your favorite salsa? Ooh. Do you like a a place or a? Well, no, f- no free ads, obviously, but back in Austin, there's a place called Harding Corona. Uh huh. Man, so good. I wonder if that took a hit in 2020. You want to go to Corona? Man, I think every restaurant did. <laughs> well, obviously, man, but- I haven't been there in a long time. I need to go back. Shoot. Um, Let's go uh, in February. Yeah. Are we going to the TCU game? I hope so. Did you buy tickets yet? No. I heard prices are going down. So I'm, I'm, wait till game I'm gonna buy low. We get in the press. I don't want to sit in the press box on, on the road though. No, no, we gotta, gotta be gotta down cheer. with the people. Yeah. We're not. We're not. Uh, in well, a, in a sea of red. I'm a press box guy at home, but you're you're a big J journal. It's free. Um, that's it. Okay. And then is Deuce the lamest nickname? That's the last one. But you said no. No. I would say. As far as like in this game, it's not better than Muddy. Correct. Um, it's not better than Dogovan, though I think you know very few people call him that. Donnie Football is pretty good too. Dog. But I don't think anybody calls him that either. Smitty Johns. You're not that guy. Oh. Trust me. You're not I'm that guy. The Get the board right. Can we put like pieces of tape on it's it? Mine. Dog. Well, it says it up here. I just. Dog. I love Dogovan. Do you want to know my, my prediction for every game the rest of the season? Not really, but... Defense is going to keep you competitive. Uh-huh. Dogovan, you win. Donovan, you lose. This is a little bit of a Clark Kent kind of thing? Yeah. If he's Dogovan, you win. Right. If he's Donovan... When did Dogovan show up in the last game? Because I have a, a play. I mean, he was good from the first snap, but... Shoot, I... Anytime you ran over a guy to fall forward for a first down, I... That was awesome. Liked that. He was fairly good early. Bad back-to-back three and outs. Just didn't work. I wouldn't really call him bad. Second half, third quarter, second drive, uh, third and 20. 
getting sacked, throws it over a guy to make it about fourth and five, and then scrambles up the middle to to get the first down. Yeah, he put Overshone on skates and got the first down. I think that was two different drives I'm mixing up, but point remains. Th- that, that run I'm talking about was fourth yeah. and five. Fourth, he made a quick decision. was like, I'm just going to run. Yes. And it, it yeah, looked bubbled up. that was a different up. drive, but yes. He put Overshone on skates, got the first down. Beautiful. Dog. Dog. Final thoughts? Looking forward to the game. Think it'll be competitive. Uh, man, hard to hard to put my finger on what it would mean to win a Big 12 road game against a team like Kansas State to get to 4-1. and one. That would make me feel like we're playing with house money against Oklahoma State before the bye. Because 3-3 three and three was the target. I was like, you need to be yeah. at least 3-3. Three and three. You're there at minimum. So house money the next two weeks. If you can get one of these on the road, huge. I already feel house money, yeah. Because 3-3 three and three is a great start. Uh, especially because I think the back half of your schedule um, is much easier. Even at 3-3, three and three, I think there's a very feasible path to bowl eligibility, which is kind of like the primary goal in year one, in my opinion. Get to a bowl game, keep this recruiting class together, you won't have many complaints from me. Now, there still might be a game or two that could have gone the other way, but if you can get to 4-2 and two before the bye and you, you're getting healthier, schedule gets easier – then you start to really feel good about this season's prospects. And we need to have a conversation at some point. I don't think we need to have it tonight. But there's a something to winning back-to-back Big 12 games and having a winning record in Big 12 play and all this stuff that you just haven't done since Mike Leach, which is so painful. Um, you've not had a winning record in Big 12 play since then, and... I think Cliff won back-to-back Big 12 games. When he went 7-0. and Once? That's probably the only time. And then once since 13? Maybe you had one next to twice? Kansas one of those years. I mean, but he went 3-6 and six in the Big 12 a lot. Yeah. So. Or 4-5, and five, yeah. Yeah. It'd be huge. Momentum is a real thing. Uh, a team believing in themselves is a huge thing, and I think that was missing from the culture in the locker room. So, this would be a good one. Song of the week to play us out. Love y'all. All right. Love y'all. It was our last night together. We were gonna make it count. We were headed off to Auburn, Texas Tech, and Kansas State. Like a band of brothers breaking up with one more show to play. So we drank a case of shiner. My dad